Lucas High Podcast. Now, if you guys didn't listen to last week's part one with Andrew Cal, I'm going to tell you, stop right here. Go back and listen to that now, because that was amazing. Now, this week, we have part two. So, obviously, that's why I'm going and telling you guys to listen to part one, because it's important. It's context information for part two. You wouldn't want to miss that. All right. Well, this week, getting into it now, putting that away. Let's get right into it. Um, this week, I talk again with Andrew. Uh, last time, it cut off at an odd spot, but that's because we took a quick bathroom break, drank a little bit of water, and then we came back. So this is the continuation of that. It took us a couple minutes to kind of find out where we were in the conversation again, uh, but it was a perfect time to cut it off last time and then continue. Um, this episode is a lot heftier than part one. So sometimes it can take a little bit to warm up in a podcast and really get going. And I think Andrew really hit his stride here and got really comfortable. Um, we start off with a really strong topic, talking about the topic of infinity, uh, with it, which if you guys haven't listened to before, or if you haven't really sat down and thought about infinity or really read about infinity in math, um, it's a really interesting concept that we almost can't grasp because it's such an interesting, crazy concept. Um, like we say that we understand infinity, but um, it's really difficult to understand. So Andrew goes in and he really explains that, delves in, and we talk about the universe and all that good jazz, perfect podcast material. And then we transition into probably the most contentious topic that I've ever had, and that was a uh, global warming. Andrew and I didn't, um, we didn't disagree. Uh, we just, we talked about it and it's kind of a heated topic all the time. So it was just interesting to talk about. And um, so if we stepped out of our lane at all during that conversation, uh, feel free to let me know. Uh, but I was just going off uh, the top of my head. It was a lot of fun to have. And then from there, we transitioned talking a little bit more about the universe we talk a little bit about free will, I'm pretty sure. And so, all right. Now, I've been going on for a little bit now. So without further ado, I won't hold it back anymore. Andrew Cow, part two, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. You're going to cut that out, right? Yeah, I'll cut it out. <laughs> now, where were we? Uh, we were talking about video game. Um, designers and pro slash programmers, and how one of their goals with uh, oh no, I had a couple things I wanted to talk to you about. I remember exactly what we were talking about. Lay on me. All right, here we go. So, first off, oh, I can only remember one of them. I can only remember one of them. Yeah. Oh no no no. no. There's two things. Okay. All right. I'm gonna signpost one of them and tell you. I'm gonna tell you what both of them are. All right. All right. That way that we don't forget them. Okay. All right. So the first one I want to know is why didn't you go into computer science? Doesn't make any sense to me. I was talking to Brian about this the other day. Why didn't you go into computer science? And the second thing is I want you to. Exp okay. So I've heard this on Rogan. Rogan was saying that the universe is so big, it's infinite, right? Yeah. So the universe is so big that there is another reality on another planet where there is an Andrew and a Lucas having the exact same conversation where everything has happened exactly the same. And is that true or not? Hmm. Okay, well, first off... It's not necessarily true, right? Because of the infinite set you were talking about? Uh, first off, I think I'll answer your first question because I think that one's actually... Actually, no, I think answering the... Maybe the infinite universe question would be a bit easier. Not The problem is that... Now, I want to hear your take on it. I don't know. 
Okay, so you go. You go. The problem is that infinite universes doesn't guarantee all possibilities, as I've said before. Okay, now I want you to explain why it doesn't guarantee all possibilities. Because it would make... So when someone hears infinite, right? Yeah. So this is what's going through my head, because I don't necessarily understand this. Okay. When someone hears infinite, they hear, it's never-ending. So how is there not... Okay, well, here's a good example. Take the number one and above, right? Okay. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, blah, 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 blah. All the way to infinity, right? Yeah. Now, that, that number set that set of numbers is infinite right yes we're zero it's at before one but it's not in the set okay so there you have an infinite set but it doesn't have all the numbers okay oh i see uh-huh. so you can okay i think i'm starting to understand now so you can have a set of all prime numbers right uh-huh which is it technically is that technically infinite? Yes, it's all the set of is all that proven? Like, so, I remember recently there was a way some guy recently he was able to calculate like the next highest prime number or something like that because that's a, that's a very hard thing to actually. It is because once you get into very extremely large numbers with large amounts of digits, yeah, there's just it, you are working with more numbers that you can divide it by. Yeah, so finding the highest prime number but theoretically is it is it infinite it was proven to be infinite i think by an uh, ancient greek philosopher okay may have proved that it was infinite i don't know the proof off the top of my head yeah and you give me paper pencil i might be able to write it down yeah but uh trying to describe it it would be very hard mm. but you could probably just google something like uh are primes infinite it'll bring up the proof yeah. right away it's, it's actually pretty simple okay and but, an easier example is the set of even numbers that's yep. infinite but you have no odd numbers in it yep so it doesn't necessarily it doesn't guarantee that all possibilities are in that yeah and now here was my thing imagine like now i'm not sure if this is correct because you, you there's a part where you might get to like some parts where like oh well physically it's impossible but imagine there's like a universe where a guy's favorite number is one now imagine uh, another universe where everything is the same except a guy's fa- the same guy his favorite number is two yeah and so on so on so on. Well, since there are infinite numbers, then that would mean that there's an infinite amount of universes, but nothing else changes besides the fact that his favorite number is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, that's the idea. Mm-hmm. Now. The reason why this might not work is that when you get into extremely large numbers, it'd be like, well, how could that be his favorite number when he really can't even conceptualize it? Conceptualize it, which which is true. But I mean, think about this: Graham's number is a huge ass number, right? Yeah. Like if you try to write it down, there there's are not more. There, Graham's number is larger for those who don't know than there are atoms in the universe. Yep. There aren't enough atoms to write Graham's number. But the fact that we can say Graham's number, you and I both have a rough idea of the same number we're talking yeah. about. It shows- is so big. It is so big. It's one of this is before you finish. I love this this idea is that when someone says to you, "Oh man, the universe is infinite" or whatever, but you're just like, "Man, that's pretty big. That's really big." But you can't actually conceptualize infinity. Like you know, you can say like, "Oh yeah, I understand infinity. It never ends." That's pretty big, but it's real. You can't actually conceptualize. You can't actually really understand it that well. But when someone says, "Oh, Graham's number," there are actually more digits in Graham's number than there are atoms in the universe. You can't even write it. That makes you go, "Holy shit!" 
Like, you can actually kind of conceptualize that because it's like an actual number. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. So, that's uh, using that proof is the idea that, like, um, that, like, you can have infinite universes where something is different, mm-hmm. but only, but not all possibilities are accounted for. The only difference is that a guy's favorite number is just the, it's just one different than the previous universe. And then, so that's like the idea that just because they're infinite universes doesn't mean that they're all possibilities. Mm-hmm. Now, there can be a possibility yeah. where the exact same thing's happening, but we can't guarantee it though. Okay. At all. Yeah. That's that's basically the problem. Like imagine like imagine so going back to that universe thing, right? Imagine we didn't have this podcast, right? Yeah. In in that universe, in the guy's favorite numbers, all that. And this is the only universe where we were having this podcast. Yeah. I mean, the, there are infinite other there could be infinite other universes where we're not having this podcast. It's only this one. Yeah. But we don't know if there exists another one where we're having this podcast. That's that's basically the problem with um dealing with like infinite universes. You get to a point where you're really grasp I feel like you're really grasping at straws. Now, for me, I feel like it's grasping at straws. Maybe some scientist or astronomer or physicist like did all this and he's like no 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 there, there you there's a universe where we're having the podcast there's a universe where we're having the podcast upstairs there's a universe where we're having the podcast underwater in a submarine where i'm super rich yeah like maybe there is a possibility but i don't maybe he could be like oh those we know those exist but at least from my point of view or from my ignorant mind i don't think that there we can guarantee the existence of that universe at all. Okay. All right. I understand now. I understand. Yeah. Now. And this is something, by the way, that talking to you, a Vsauce and talking to you about math has made me really enjoy math. Yeah. Like math is super crazy. It is crazy. All right. But, you, you want to talk about the computer science topic now? Yeah. Yeah. Before we lose it. All right. Then, Why, so, uh, what are you studying? Uh, I'm majoring in civil and environmental engineering. Civil and environmental engineering. So you build bridges and, or you will be building bridges and you? Um, What's environmental engineering? Basically, it's looking at how engineering stuff can affect the environment. So mm-hmm. imagine like gas emissions, pollutions, yep. water quality, that sort of stuff. Okay. So there are several reasons why I'm going to that field and not computer science. First yep. off, I want to know why, because Brian, I was talking to Brian about this again, like I said, and you're, he told me you're a bit of a tree hugger, which I kind of always knew, but you really like nature and everything. Like you've always been into, like you find bugs interesting, everything, which is kind of, it's kind of funky because like you like video games, you like being inside, but you also, you're, you're not afraid to get your hands dirty. Yeah. Some situations. Yeah. I love to get my hands dirty, Mm -hmm. but there's several reasons. So first off, I think that I'm not an economist. I don't know how job the job market works, but I just feel like there's a lot of computer scientists coming mm. into the market in like four or five years. Okay. I mean, yeah, computers are important, and everyone loves computers, and they're being integrated with everything. But I think like the problem with with a lot of computer scientists is that most companies could probably honestly they could probably find someone better than me if they like looked hard enough. <sighs> Especially Andrew, I think you're cutting yourself short. I think you're cutting yourself short. All right. Well, that's, you're, you have such a creative mind. You have such a creative mind. I'm not trying to get you to change, but I think you'd be really good at it. Yeah. Well, my create if my creative mind makes a less efficient algorithm, it's gonna cost Google like several 
potentially a billion dollars. You don't have to go into Google. You can go into other things, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. But problem one, uh, I feel like the computer science job market is going to be huge and like it's going to be hard to find a job with all these computer scientists pretty much competing against one another. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I think that the... I feel like you would you would do, like do great at like a startup though. Startup startups are too... I, I I'm not sure if this was true. The statistics might be misleading, but like most startups fail. Oh yeah, most startups fail yeah. for sure. I'm just saying that I feel like that's like an environment you would thrive in. I've never, I mean, I haven't worked at a startup, but basically, you get to build it from the ground up, be really creative, and try new things. But those are really stressful too, because you're basically oh, super stressful. Like you're a, not making any money. It's a one-trick pony. That yeah. one leg, no, it's a one-legged pony. That one leg breaks, and the yeah. pony's just on the ground. Yeah, and you're kind of gambling whether or not. Uh-huh. And the statistics aren't with you on that one. And then there's also a lot of our startups. Yeah. And also, I feel like uh, environmental engineering is going to be a big thing in the next four or five years. Because Okay, so we've, we've disagreed on the topics of global warming, right? Or like global climate change. Not or, really. Or not global global tri- climate change is absolutely a thing. Like, that's a thing. Okay, but all right, it was something like we don't know what the... We don't know if it's fully Cole's fault or like is the the environment is very complicated. It's super complicated. The humans have an impact. This is like I haven't read the data on it. Yeah. Now, like obviously global climate change is a thing uh-huh. and it's changing and humans obviously have an impact. And then it but it's like it's hard to conceptualize how for me, like logically, how big of a impact humans have. Now, right. I I know they have an impact. And I don't know how how big that is. So this is like super touchy topic. It is. It, especially in my feet, like, cause I'm in biology, right? Yeah. So I like people are going to, just from what I've said now, people are going to call me like a global warming denier, which I'm not, that's not what yeah. I am. Like I are. So I already agree with you that it's changing. I just, it's, I, again, is... I haven't like looked at the numbers, you know, like yeah. it's, because it's kind of crazy to think like how big the earth is and how everything functions and just how everything works. But we definitely like have an impact. It's, I just, I'm curious, like, I would like to know how large, I would like to have like a number that says, this is the percentage impact that the humans, humans are having. Um, okay, hold on. Let me, let me rephrase that. Yeah. I would like, okay, so let's take all of global climate change, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I would like to have a percentage. I would love for it to be really digestible. Just humans have X amount percent on global climate change. That's what yeah. their cause is, right? Now, I and I don't even know if you can calculate that. Like, I don't even know. Like, that is just, I don't even, it's such a complex problem that I don't think you can even get it down to like that number. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we obviously don't cause all of it, right? Yeah, because some of it is natural. Because some of it's natural. That's just the earth goes through cycles where it warms and cools. Now, now that now you're dealing with so it's obviously not a hundred percent. Now it's obviously not zero percent because humans are doing things that are changing the climate because of how much emissions we're putting out. Yeah. Now, now where do we lie in between? Is it one percent? Is it ninety nine percent? Now I think it's. I don't think it's one percent. I don't think it's ninety nine percent. But it's somewhere in there. Yeah. And I don't think you can even calculate because it affects so many different things. So, the more CO two that you put into the atmosphere, okay? Okay. This is like. This is like why I under like I like humans definitely have an impact. Now, if you put a lot of CO uh, CO2, there's a lot of other things that go in the atmosphere too that are super important that do a lot of crazy things to the environment as well. Yeah. It's not just CO2. 
but you put it in and it gets absorbed in the oceans. The ocean's a CO2 dump. Now, because there's so much CO2 in there, it binds with other things that it actually takes away other important elements that are, say, in certain uh, sea snails in their shell that they use that they take from that their shell is then weakened. So they're able to be eaten by other predators that um, because their shell is weaker. That's something that was taught to me in my science class. That is so crazy. That is so bananas. Like, how do you even calculate all of the impacts that humans are having? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, there's a field of, I, I think, uh, like, math or so some we, sort of analysis yeah. called chaos theory. And I'm probably going to butcher the explanation. But yeah. the idea that there's some systems that are so complicated that you change an input or, an, like, uh, imagine, like, Imagine like a huge VCR player with like a bunch of knobs, right? Mm-hmm. If you like, you change one knob from like a volume one to volume two, half of it explodes. Yeah. It's like, wait, how the heck did that even happen? Do you look inside? It's just so complicated yeah. that no one can figure it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's basically so, the problem with the environment. Yeah. So I just want to clarify for everybody before I get so much hate from anybody that I agree with you on global climate change. It's the uh, now, cause that's well. No, I agree that humans are doing it i just i would like to know the percentage yeah and i don't think we'll ever have that percentage and i think in my and it's that's the part where you get to it's like i think humans play a big part but how big you know what i mean yeah because i definitely think we play a part so mm-hmm. just to clarify because i've got to you you have to say everything like in today's world you've got to say everything like a hundred times so just yeah. to clarify i'm not a denier or anything I would just like to have a percentage number that is never. I'm never going to get. All right. Mm-hmm. In that case, I'll rephrase this so I don't put you in any hot water. <laughs> so for anyone, so for people who think that humans are causing zero percent, and for people, and for people who think humans are causing one hundred percent, and everyone in that range, right? I think something that you can all agree on is whether humans are or not causing global warming. Pollution is still a thing. Oh, pollution's absolutely yeah, a thing. Like yeah, like your water could get poisoned. Why don't you want air? Cl- you could breathe in. You just want clean air. Like you go to cities and the air's dirty. Like that's uh-huh. a, like obviously it has. It's a thing. Like yeah. the air in cities is grosser than compared if you go to a really nice place that has like no cities. You know. Yeah. So step um, step one is that pollution exists and it sucks. Yeah. Step two is that green energy exists and it is better than our other sources of energy. Yeah. Water. Um, wind, There's, solar, solar. It, if we can find an efficient way to harness the power, so they've calculated it out. How much energy hits the sun hits the Earth every day from the sun? Yeah, it is so bananas and crazy that if we could harness that, it would supply everybody with energy for from one day. It would supply energy with everyone for years and years and years. Like yeah. crazy amount of years. And what's good about these is that they're renewable. So we don't need to constantly look for that. Yeah, there is. I think there is some issues that aren't talked about, like the creation of the batteries and stuff. Like the batteries aren't necessarily environmental friendly. No, battery batteries are one of the things holding back solar technology. Yeah, uh, that's a different. That's a different topic that I'm also interested in. Yeah, but the idea is basically the reason why I think environmental environmental engineering and similar fields are going to become big is that whether or not you like. Whether you think humans are causing all pollution or none of the pollution, the fact is, caring for the environment is the better option. Yes, sooner mm-hmm. or yeah. later. So this is how I describe. We've we've had this conversation. Yeah, definitely. So if you are, so this is what you said. This is this is the way I explain it. 
I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to parrot what you just said. Yeah. But basically, whether or not you're in that 100% group or you're not, it's just a better form of energy. And it's a better way of harnessing energy. We should just optimize and move towards that direction anyway. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like if you're in a so I don't want to like I I don't really like talking about politics that much. So I'd rather talk about the science behind it. Like what the yeah. discussion we're having right now is much more enjoyable than having like a political dis- disagreement or whatever. Yeah. Um but if you're on a side where like it doesn't make sense to me. It will save you money in the wrong, long run. So it just makes sense to just yeah. go that direction. But yeah. So exactly what you were saying. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm going to civil and environmental engineering. Okay. And also the math in some parts of civil engineering, which is like very structure heavy, it's also kind of fun. I do find that interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's that's actually why I am going I mean I still like computers, that's why I'm minoring in computer science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because like even if you're not going to be a computer scientist, knowing how a computer works is going to help you the long Super run. Super useful. But that's mm-hmm. why I've chosen my major. And I think my brother, I don't, I'm not sure if he fully agrees with it or not, but I think he kind of can see my reasoning. No, he sees your reasoning. He just thinks you'd be so good at computer science. And I agree too. But you're, you've are you always been passionate about the environment and everything, so I, could, I can see that. That's awesome. Yeah, computers, it is definitely like... If I was, like, in the environment was going well, everything was all peachy dory, and I didn't need to worry about that, I probably would, hunky dory, I probably would go into computer science or a much more computer heavy field, Mm -hmm. uh, without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. But, man, so, all that's just so crazy. But, I love the, uh, the math discussions and the, and the, environmental science discussions all those existential discussions are really interesting yeah we've had a bunch of those for sure i'm glad we're like recording this one now but what are some of your uh like your favorite little math bits because i find your takes on math like i've learned so much from you from that so i was telling people before but i'm trying to think well the most recent thing i've been trying to wrap my mind around is uh probability Mm -hmm. because probability is just so weird I mean, you saw how when you got the two CSGO knives, fun fact, I think that's a 0.004% chance of happening, yeah, very so low. <laughs> there is there is a video of us losing our shit when that happened. Uh, um, he opened two in like in 16 some cases. I actually calculated the chance for that. It was pretty low. Yeah, and so then, basically what you guys, if you guys don't know, in CSGO, you can spend a little bit of money to to basically open a case for a skin they don't actually do anything for you. It yeah. just makes your guns look cooler. But the most popular one is the knives because the knives look really cool and they're rare. So the percentage chance to open one knife is 0.04. I thought it was 004. I think it's it might be 004. It's 04 or 004. Big really difference. low, basically. Really, really low. I opened two and I opened them within 15 cases of each other, which yeah. is pretty bananas. Yeah. And then um, during SmashCon... Um, for people that don't know, in melee, there's a character named Peach who can pull out, who can basically pull out a vegetable, and she has a 1.7 percent chance of pulling out a really strong vegetable that can mm-hmm. that that can hurt the Turnips. other enemies yeah. a lot. Yeah, and then uh, what happens is that there's this one player who's like pulling a lot of these really strong vegetables, and all the the casters and commentators were like, "This is insane!" And I just whipped out my pen, my notebook, did the math for it. It's like, uh. It's not that insane, really, if you do the math for it. Mm-hmm. 
No, but I've been getting to probability because probability is so. People are bad with probability. Like when you, I've done the math a lot. Probability, it just blows my mind. Like, wait, that doesn't make sense at all. But the math works. Yeah, at least I think the math works, unless I screwed it up horribly. Mm-hmm. But that's just so like, that's just so crazy. Um, right now, I've been trying to like figure out um, probability with like in multiple successive events, which is like really annoying. Is that and, where order matters? Uh kind of, yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, when you're doing probability or finding the chance of something, uh, combinatorics. Yeah, there is it, it is very different when order matters and when order doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you want to explain for the best you know why cuz I So, let's go back to those 15 the 15 cases example where yes. Lucas opened all of it. So, if he opens two knives out 15 cases right that is 15 choose two scenarios in which the knives could be in the cases the knife could be the first two cases it could be the first and the last one it could be the first and the third one one. yeah it doesn't matter where they appear Uh uh-huh now imagine all those situations right let's say the chances since the only difference is that where the knife ends up locating the Mm -hmm. chances for it is still the same for every one right yeah so you add up all those chances of um, situation in which the knives are two different places and the probability you get for it it's a lot higher than the probability if lucas got the knife the first case and the 15th case and because of that the probability of getting two knives in 15 cases is actually a lot higher than people think Mm -hmm. because you have to think about all the of all the possible ways you can arrange it where you get the two knives into 15 cases Mm -hmm. so like oh i see that yeah so let's say you because there's there is so many number of combinations of 15 cases where the knife falls it's either the first and the second first and the third second and the seventh you can count you can calculate for all those possibilities right so let's do let's say an example let's say instead of the really low number a case has a we'll break it down there's only 10 cases and each case has a one in 10 chance of giving you a knife, right? Okay. Now, if you were to say get exactly one knife, it'd be one times ten, one over ten times nine over ten times nine over ten times nine over ten. Basically, you're saying that the first case you have a one in ten chance of opening the knife, and every other case is nine times ten or not gaining the knife. Yeah. And that's a situation where you have exactly one knife in ten cases, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, that's a probability. It's nine to the power of nine over 10 to the power of 10. And then like, but that's only the situation if the knife is in the first case. Now you have to add up the probability that the knife is in the second case and it's in the third case. Yeah. So then now you actually take that number, 9 to the power of 9 over 10 to the power of 10, yeah. and multiply that by 10. Yeah. You can see how by doing that, the number is actually a lot bigger than you originally thought mm-hmm. because of that. Because the order... People only look at the situation where the knife appeared in the first case. Yeah, but you because had to they add, think about only opening that case, right? Yeah. Then you had to add the situation where it appears in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. And that is one Even reason. Even though the probability is still really low, it's higher than you thought, right? Yeah, it was higher than you thought. And that's because people didn't think about the ordering the knife appeared in. But the ordering does matter because it increases the number of possibilities. And that's, what, and that's like an example of how probability is so hard for me for me to grasp, basically. It's so easy to forget about this situation or say, oh, well, that I don't think that really matters. And then you realize it does matter, and then your number changes quite a lot. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. the, um, that's the math I've been getting into. And then you, 
and then like I've been trying to think about like more crazy stuff. Like, what if like imagine now a situation where if you open a case with a knife, then like the next case, the chance of getting a knife drops down, right? Or yeah. every time you don't open a knife, the chances of the next case opening a knife goes up, right? Yeah. Now you have this like network of possibilities. If you don't open the knife, then that means that possibly opening a knife goes up. But if you do open the knife, the probability changes. You have this huge confusing network. And mm-hmm. I don't understand that yet. I'm still trying to get an idea of how that works. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't even know why I'm doing it on my own. I could probably just like take a statistics class in college. But there's like some fun in figure try and figure it out yourself. Oh yeah, problem solving it for sure. Yeah, it's like a it's like a fun puzzle or a fun pastime activity. Yeah. And but that's basically it's the it's the thing. same thing as like drawing, just it's you're just doing math for fun. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And math's super interesting. Like if you can find out the way um the world works that way that's crazy mm-hmm. yeah but that's why i like that's why i like math and why i'm picking into mm-hmm. yeah no it's uh math is so crazy because uh if we had what is it i was listening to sam harris talk about this i think um or no i think it was a guy on rogan who had talked to sam harris that it was about they were talking about determinism oh god and technically we're determined to do certain actions because if you could calculate the spin of every single atom you could technically find out the next action yeah that's true i i have heard that before which is pretty crazy that's how that's how crazy math is and physics and everything like that see the problems that like from a then from this a, enters a philosophical debate i think i've explained this to you once about free will right like if you like look at everything mathematically, right? Like mm-hmm. you know the exact behavior of every atom. Yeah. Then it'd be like, oh well, we have no free will. But this thing we can't calculate that. So do yeah. we have free will really if we don't know it? We've talked about this. Yeah, I think the example I like to give is that you go to a friend's house and you say, and he offers you chocolate or vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. And you say vanilla, so he goes to get it. He gives you the vanilla ice cream. He say, oh, by the way, I never had chocolate. I ran out of chocolate ice cream yesterday. So if you had chosen chocolate. You, you will have gotten vanilla anyway. But the fact that you chose vanilla means that you made the choice. Now, what happens if he never told you there was no? Ch- he ran out chocolate ice cream. So in your head, you still you still thought that there's chocolate and vanilla. Mm-hmm. Did you make a choice out of free will? Like that one, I don't have an answer for because it's too philosophical for me. Yeah, you get the idea. It's like if you know that you don't have a choice, mm-hmm. or if you think you have a choice, does that really mean you have a choice? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. We've talked uh, again, so I've said that I said this already, but we talked about this. And my take on it is we're deterministic, but I'm a compatibilist. Yeah. So everything we do is determined by our previous experiences, from our ancestors' experiences. Everything led up to this point, and it's just a react. Because oh my god, this is such a deep talk- topic. Because every action has a reaction. Yeah. Until you get to the first action, which is then crazy in the universe because when do you find the first action is there just an infinite action or is there a beginning point of the universe yeah because so if the universe was at one point an atom and then it exploded and expanded and was the size of an atom and then it expanded to the point where it is now and then it collapses in on itself again is that just a recurring cycle that's been happening infinitely or like i don't know i don't think anyone knows but um so Everything up until this point has led to us doing this, right? Yeah. Right here. Led to us doing this podcast, talking about the topics that we're talking about. But 
it doesn't really matter because we have the illusion of free will anyway. So we might as well, it's, we basically have free will, right? Yeah. It's, it goes back to the, it goes back to the, I love connecting ideas. It goes back to the, like the video game designer and the player thing where like the player doesn't care how it works. If you can trick the player and he's yeah. having fun, you've done your job. That's, life is exactly yeah. like that. It's yeah. like that. It's like, if we think we have free will and mm. we're happy with that, yeah. then it's okay. Even yeah. we don't actually have free will. Plus, no one can... I don't think there's a computer strong enough that can calculate the possibility of Mm-mm. all yeah. the... Of Ad- all you the have atom. to know the atoms in all the, the whole universe. Yeah, to basically do that. I don't think like, there's any computer strong enough. So we'll, we'll never be able there to fully determine everything. There definitely a computer everything. strong enough that we have. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know that we could even create. I don't even know if that's possible. Yeah. But that leads to a whole nother thing because I was watching this interesting, great, interesting video on um, Kotzkesakt. Yeah. Um, where he was talking about aliens and technology. Like, where are the aliens? That's the Fermi paradox, right? Yeah. But um, so an ant, I love, I love this, uh, this example. So an ant goes to a uh, goes to a roller coaster park, right? Uh-huh. They go to an amusement park. And he's looking at the music park going, what the fuck? I don't know what any of this is. Now, you can look at the ant and explain the amusement park to him. But we're so advanced that it doesn't matter. He'll never understand you. Yeah. He'll never understand what an amusement park is, why people go to an amusement park, because he just can't comprehend it. Mm -hmm. What's crazy to think out there is that there might be an alien civilization that looks at us as if we're ants, which is crazy because... We see, like humans are pretty smart and we yeah. can figure things out. We're figuring things out, but their technology is so advanced that they would just appear to be gods to us. Yeah. That's such a, that's a very common science fiction. Like, do you always have that one pre, a uh, pre mortal race of aliens that are basically gods mm-hmm. to everyone else because they're so advanced? Yeah, which is crazy. It, it's so hard to comprehend that they would have technology that we just couldn't even do anything about it. Well, here's a comforting thought, though. They still have to obey the laws of physics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the question is that they, I mean, they could have very advanced technology, mm-hmm. but the thing is that all their technology still follows the laws of physics, right? Yep. So if we uh, if we could understand and learn the new laws of physics, couldn't we just eventually replicate their mm-hmm. ev- extremely advanced technology? That's like the thing I'm thinking about, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. There's also something interesting. Like we can't fully understand the universe, right? Because we're just applying the our understanding of the laws to the universe right we're just interpreting it from our understanding that that one sort of like gets into debate like have you ever heard the question is math invented or discovered uh i've heard something similar but go into it so it's like the idea is like if you say two plus two is four is that a human idea that two plus two equals four okay or is it like a physical concept in the universe, the idea of two and the mm. idea of another two playing yeah. together will always give you the idea of four. I think it's like the same thing here, where it's like we have we we have a set of laws of physics, right? That yeah. we can that we know. The question oh, is, that, I think I heard this conversation. There was a similar conversation, like where we kind of know the laws of physics, but we like quantum physics. We don't actually know what's happening. It's like all theoretical. Yeah. Or I'm not sure about quantum. That shit's too confusing for me. Yeah, no, I, I no, I don't know. I'm definitely stepping out of my lane here. But um, it was, I, I think it was on Rogan where they were kind of talking about that, where a lot of it's theoretical. This is so it's so deep and so confusing. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that like we have the laws of physics right now. The question is that are those laws of physics like 
literally only in our brain, like only we can understand it because that's how we perceive the world? Or is it like true for a different ant species? And I like to think that it would be true for other species. And the well, there look, is laws that the universe abides by. Yeah. It's how we interpret them then, right? I don't think so because you can only interpret it one way. Like look at this pi, right? Pi is 3.14159, yeah. blah, 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 blah. It is the ratio of the circumference to the diameter. Yeah. I don't know how you can interpret that differently. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. That is literally, that's like an ingrained truth. And then like you build it, you build all these common building blocks. I really can't see any place where it, it reaches a point where it's like, well, I interpret this laws of physics differently than you interpret the laws of physics. Like it's physics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course that could be, once again, it could be that weird thing where like, since I am in that mindset, I literally cannot conceive of a new way to look yeah. at it mm-hmm. because I'm literally trapped. It. It'd be like saying, it'd be like living the box. It'd be like saying, well, of course the box is all there is. I mean, look at it around. You only see the box, yeah. but because you're in the box, you can't see it from the outside. That maybe that's happening to me, but mm-hmm. I really can't see a point where the laws of physics can be interpreted differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that gets into the whole thing. Uh, Elon Musk has banned this from his uh, when he hangs out with his friends in the hot tub or his brother, I think, uh, talking about whether or not we're a simulation. <laughs> okay. We've talked about this a lot. Uh, my, we ha- yeah, we might have to do the same thing, but this is one of our favorite topics. Uh, honestly, my opinion on it is strangely, who cares? Who cares? And the reason why is because if we live in the simulation, we can't we can never determine if we are living in a simulation because we don't if, have the tools. If we were in a simulation, the whoever is smart enough to make the simulation would obviously make it to the point where we wouldn't be able to tell whether or not it's a simulation. Yeah, and how will you be able to determine it's not a simulation? What tools do you have at your disposal? Mm-hmm. Because all the tools you have are within the simulation and therefore wouldn't let you break the simulation. I think an analogy I like to say is that imagine you have... um. Imagine you have a blind person, right? Yeah. How you explain the color red to him, you really can't because the idea of like he the, he only works. Red, he doesn't have the like he doesn't have the tools. Yeah, the only tools he has are hearing. You can't see with your ears. You can't see with your nose. You can't see with your mouth. Mm-hmm. So you can't. He has no tools to understand the concept of red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like the same. We're in a simulation. What tools can we have to learn that we are in a simulation? Uh, I don't think we would have them. Uh-huh. Or, I mean, I don't know. That's really hard. Unless the programmer has, like, program, uh, unless the simulator guy has programmed, like, tools for us to figure out on our own. Yeah. Well, like, he, he was stupid enough to make the speed of light so slow and make everything else super far away. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe there's a reason why the speed of light is so slow. Maybe he's running everything on the really, really advanced potato. <laughs> a super we're just oh no that's so sad to think about what if we're just some guy like we're just the dota guy who has the worst connection and just has the most potato computer that's oh, the simulation we're, we're not in. we're not even the best simulation we're like the crappiest oh, simulation God, that's, Our so life that's why the speed of light is so slow we're in there's other simulations where like you can't you can't go to the gal- next galaxy over we can get it there in a day <laughs> i don't know what you're doing yeah dude my, my computer can't co- can't can't do that mm-hmm. that's crazy to think no there was actually one reason why I think that we might be in a simulation. And from my rough knowledge in computer science, a lot of computers work in integers. 
integer yep. math, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, one, two, three, four. It's hard to represent one point five on a computer. It has to do fancy tricks in order to do that. And the thing is that a lot of our world works in integers too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever heard the idea? You heard that light is quant quantized. Mm-hmm. That yeah, means like, one second. But how how come it's hard for a computer to like what tricks does it have to do to represent one point five? So at least a computer because. Is, it, a yeah. computer runs at zero or one, right? Yeah. So it's an integer. It's yeah. zero or one. Mm-hmm. Which, so I understand that it's like difficult, but like, how does it work then? How does it represent like one point five? The a good way I could say uh, show that is that we we have a base ten counting system, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And in our base ten was one was uh one divided by three would be zero point three 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 repeating, right? Yeah. Now, if we were to have a base three counting system, as you know, hold on, wait, okay, I think, I'm, okay, it's hard to it's hard to work in different bases because I'm so used to ten. So different example, we're gonna cut out that example, okay? Yeah. We're gonna pretend I won't get to, I get this on the first try. Yeah. So in the base ten counting system, well, they're gonna system, hear the first try and how you failed. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm only human. I can still screw up at math. Yeah. So in the base ten counting system, four divided by ten would be. 4 divided by 10, 0. 0.4, right? Okay. But you have, but if you have um, a base 12 kind system, 4 divided by 10 will be equivalent to one third. Okay. Yeah. I think. Okay, no, now. I get what you're saying, though. This the the, the problem, the, it, it changes. It changes. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the idea is that if you use any base, depending on the base system you use, there exists a number that you can write. As like a perfect decimal. Okay. Or, okay. No, I'm trying. No, okay. I'm trying to think of one that uses infinity. That uses like a repeating thing as an example. Uh I could do nine. Three was a good example. Yeah, but the process is hard to work in. Like, odd, like three is a good example. Was hard to work in odd numbers. Because you know, one divided by three is zero point three 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 repeating in yep. base ten. But if you were change it to say base six, maybe that I think one divided by three could would be a would be a half and yeah. decimal mm-hmm. or something like that. the The idea, the general idea, the basic point is that it, point it's different. Yeah, is the basic point is that depending on the base system you're using, there exists a de- a fraction where you can't express it neatly as a decimal. It because you there I'll exists a that. fraction. The mic was pretty far away. Yeah. So the basic idea is that. Depending on the base number system you're using, there there exists numbers that you that depending on if you write the fraction, it'll be a repeating decimal or it'll be okay. a decimal that terminates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that's only for that's just for um fractions, right? How will you represent zero how will you represent pi using integers? You can't, right? Yeah. Or you you need an infinite number of integers yeah. in order to express pi. Mm-hmm. So the problem with computers is that computers can't take up an infinite amount of space, yeah, right? That's right. Yeah. So they can get really close to getting the value of pi, but no computer could ever fully capture all the digits of pi because yeah. they're not infinite at yeah, all. It's a is it irrational or irrational? Pi is irrational. Irrational because it's it's non-repeating, never-ending. Actually, you know what? Actually, screw everything I said about the base system. Here, I think I just saw an example that is easy to digest and easy okay. to understand. So we're gonna cut everything out. Okay, we're not gonna cut it out. Yeah, no, I don't think the audience wants to listen to me just fuck up math. No, they do. Okay. I'm enjoying it. Okay, then. So, so here's a. Here's I have a to turn. I'm making an executive VIP decision here. 
All right, I'm now. determined. So here's a here's a good example. Computer. Imagine a computer that is finite. It's huge, but it's still finite. Yeah. We even we even say the computer is great. It can hold gram number size of digits, right? Jesus. Yeah, it is that big. It's bigger than our current universe. Pi has infinite digits. So a computer the size of Graham's number can only calculate pi to the gram number of digits. But guess how many more digits you have left to go? Infinite. Infinite left. And that's one reason, and that's a problem with computers. They can't calculate, they can't deal with the idea of infinity very well. Okay. And then, if we go back to our I've fraction I've heard that thing, before, and that makes total sense. If we go back to our fraction thing, one-third plus one-third plus one-third is one, right? Mm-hmm. But when you break it down into decimals, 0.333 repeating. A computer can't do 0.3 repeating because it will just keep writing the 333. Eventually, it'll reach a point where there's no more memory left to write any more threes. It's like, okay, it's this exact value. Yeah. And it, it adds them all up. It, it gets 0.9999999999. Yeah. But then eventually, it hits a point. Since it's not nine repeating, the computer hits a memory limit, and there's a last nine. It's like, okay, one-third plus one-third plus one-third is 0.9999999. A bunch of nines nine done yeah but, but in actuality it's infinite yeah it's an infinite number of nines which equals one so that's a computer that's a problem computers cannot represent infinite series or infinite numbers very well yeah mm-hmm. or like very tiny numbers our a- universe is quant a lot of it is quantized so light can be in certain energy levels either yeah. level one level two level three or was it electrons going be yeah, a certain electrons, light levels yeah. Electrons and light. They go up and down, yeah. But you can't be in between each step. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their energy levels are really funky, though. Yeah. And we have the smallest. Now, this is theoretical, but you heard the Planck length, right? The smallest distance. Yep. But there's there's still one Planck length. So that means that if we were to take all the Planck length and and stretch across the universe, it would still be an integer number. Okay. Granted, it'll be a huge ass integer number, but it'll still be an inter- integer number. You can't have half a Planck length. Yeah, and that's the that's basically the idea. In our universe, when you get down to really, really, really tiny stuff, you get down to like you start working with like integers. Now, from our eyes, it's not integers because it's so small that we can't distinguish it. Yeah, but it's like theoretically, it should just be all whole numbers we're dealing with, no fractions at all. Okay. And that's why I think that might be one proof that we're living in a simulation. It's the fact that in the universe it can't simulate um anything ir- smaller. Ira- yeah, anything smaller, any irrational numbers. Everything has to be a whole numbers because that's how a computer works. Now, this makes several assumptions. Assumption A, the computer that we are in isn't infinite or yeah. the simulation is on the computer that's infinitely big. That could be a possibility. Yeah. In that mm-hmm. case, um in that case, it's it not could. a potato computer. <laughs> yeah, in that case, it could, it could, um, it just chose to do everything in whole numbers, but maybe the programmer guy didn't want to do everything in fractions. Um, possibility number two is that I'm misinterpreting everything. Like, yeah, maybe there are fractions in the really small scale. I I do not know how Planck lengths work, but maybe that how it works. Mm. Or maybe three, there exists a computer that can run, um fractions and irrational numbers like this a computing system that i haven't even thought about yet okay so those are the three possibilities which I is possible be because yeah yeah like new ways of computing and data and everything are yeah that's always being thought about yeah mm-hmm. so that's basically the three possibilities they're an infinitely big computer 
Therefore, whole numbers can represent like pi because you have an infinitely large computer, mm-hmm. or there exists a computer that can that can calculate using fractions and irrational to infinite sizes. Or I'm wrong because I don't understand any of this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely don't understand it. Yeah. You sound like you're doing a way better job than I am. I would be explaining it. I definitely couldn't go into the math like that. Maybe now I could. I learned a lot about it for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something. I, again, like. This is something for those you don't know, or for those that hang out with us that have li- that are listening to this podcast. Andrew and I have talked about this so much. We were talking about it this weekend, yeah, and, during SmashCon, yeah. Mm-hmm. And while it's interesting and fun, it all comes down to who cares? We get free will. <laughs> yeah, it is true. Mm-hmm. I could definitely think we could split our discussion into like the more practical on Earth stuff that is tangible, and then like the very existential philosophical stuff that, while entertaining, you yeah. just have to realize that. Who cares? Because yeah. you reach a point where, like, yeah. you you get into like the bare bone existence that yeah. you can't go further. Yeah. It's more just like a fun thought experiment to think about. Oh, well, it doesn't have like practical uses or anything. I have to say, if we did live in a simulation, though, I would be really disappointed with how I turned out. <laughs> like, I could be like I could be fucking eight feet tall or something. Yeah, I could be Andre. Why does he get to be how tall is Andre again? Andre's like six three. Yeah, why taller than me. Like that. Yeah. Uh. He, or you could be me, right? Oh yeah, I could definitely be you. There could be two Lucases. Yeah, there could be two Lucases. You could you could be me, but with your brain. Oh god, we'd be unstoppable. Nah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think you you cut your you don't give yourself enough credit for your intelligence. I think one of the most intelligent thing you could do is admit that you don't know as much and be willing to learn. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the best things you can do. I can sometimes be very uh. Well, thank you. I'll be the oh. first one to admit that I don't know things. Yeah. If and I don't know something, if I admit that I know something when I don't know it, I'm not going to learn it because they're going to operate under the assumption that I know it. Yeah. This is where um Sam Harris has talked about this where like white lies degrade our society. Oh like, yeah. Even just like lying like, "Oh yeah, I know what that means, but you don't really know." They're you're changing their perception of reality. Yeah. And their perception of you. And now they have to operate under a different way. It's This is the example when you were talking about the turnip pulls in Melee. Uh-huh. The commentators didn't actually know the probability of a turnip pull, but they told that to you, and that changed your perception of the math. And your math, while you did the math right, the numbers were wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the commenter, is they said it was a 1 to 250, yeah. mm-hmm. which is 0.0. I actually don't know what the number is off the top of my head, but the chance was actually higher than the commentators say. Mm-hmm. The commentators were like, I won't want to say they're creating fake hype by making the map by making it seem like so rare, mm-hmm. but they definitely did like call made me confused at first originally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I tell I tell a lot of white lies. You know, first <laughs> Andrew likes it. Well, you're a troll, and you I don't know where you got that. You must have gotten it from Brian because both of you are trolls. It's crazy, without doubt. Mm-hmm. It's so funny how you guys just you'll just troll me all the time. Yeah, it'll just be like. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying, Lucas. Five minutes later, I have no idea. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, you can you can tell like sometimes when I have that like I kind of the fake understanding look. I have this like look of blank smile where I'm like, it's an empty look. I can Andrew, yeah. I know you too well. I know you too well. <laughs> and then, like you know that and then you just know sooner or later I'm just gonna be like, yeah, I have no idea what you're saying. That's a classic. That's the Andrew classic. Uh-huh. You've looked at me so many times with just a blank face, and I'm like, Andrew, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? You're completely right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just that look right there. But um no for sure. And then what other things are you, like do you like interest you? Because 
so you're doing the environmental science thing. Never, it, you're doing it. You have your hobbies. You have all these other things that are going on. But yeah. is there is there something I don't know about you, Andrew? No, you. I don't know. You know me pretty well. Mm-hmm. I say, yeah. All right. There's really nothing. I don't know. I don't. I don't really hide a lot of secrets for you because I yeah, don't you're have pretty open. Too high. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Uh. Try and think. You know, most of my family issues. You're even. You're aware of most of my family issues. I wouldn't be like comfortable sharing. But also, yeah. my life isn't like very drama filled. Where I have a lot of like deep dark secrets. My life is pretty like. At least you try to keep my life simple and chill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like what what is what secrets I have. I'm stre- I'm a little bit stressed out about school, but that's like yeah. pretty obvious. Is that's like a big drama thing. Yeah. You don't have to divulge all your secrets on the podcast. Yeah. But I was just saying in general, like. If there's something I didn't know, like the drawing thing, like I didn't know, again, like I said before, it always makes sense to me that you, you're into the environment and everything, but I didn't know you were kind of like a tree hugger type thing. Uh, I don't know, tree hugger, I'm not like a tree hugger. Oh, I blame Brian for feeding me false information <laughs> because my perception of you has changed. I think his perception of me, like, I'm trying to think of like a tree, because what is a tree hugger? Because I don't like do, I know there are some people that care more about the environment, environment to the point that they'll like volunteer to pick up trash or all that stuff. Yeah. But I don't do that if I'm pretty lazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just I'm more like, I guess this is the way I look at I care about the environment from a macro perspective, which is yeah. how do we change the industry, energy industry or like the companies to lower it. But I'm not very good at the micro. Like sometimes I'll, I try not to, but sometimes I'll leave trash on the ground yeah. and I just can't pick it up. And that yeah. makes me feel bad. <laughs> but uh, well, you can't be perfect. Yeah. I feel that same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. I guess I'm more of a macro environmentalist where I'm trying to solve the environmental issues from like an engineering mathematical perspective. Like if I was, how, what can I create to help everyone? Mm-hmm. But I do try sometimes to do my part when I'm in the, uh, in the micro perspective. Like sometimes when I see trash on the ground, I will pick it up. Yeah. Uh, sometimes like, I think I remember one time uh, we were playing, I was on a trip with uh, Mikey and Andre to a, a park or something yeah and then mikey they had a drink and then mike's like oh i'm done with it and then he threw it on the ground mm-hmm. as like a joke that's like no and i just picked it up i just carried it with me to a trash <laughs> can I, i'm not i mean if you ask mikey about it, he'll probably deny it because this makes him look bad but mm-hmm. i remember that i even remember andre left his drink on top of like a sewer crate i think yeah yeah was it a drink or was it a water bottle but i try i try to do my best to lower my environmental impact. I don't know. One problem is that I use a lot of plastic water bottles. Mm-hmm. I use a lot of plastic, which is not... I heard good. that, like, um, I was listening to Tim Ferriss talk to someone about it. Like, the number one thing you can do is not waste food. That would be the most... That's, like, the biggest impact that people don't even realize is the wasting of food because of how much investment goes into food and creating food. There's a huge environmental impact from that. Oh, no, without that, I think one of the biggest releasers, like, bad gas is actually the red meat industry because we have so many cows mm-hmm. and they, i did a project on this yeah and you know how like, we don't feed the cows very good f- you know that like we feed the cows like a lot of gmo crops mm-hmm. and that makes it so that the fertilizer is actually like very so there's filled. a lot of um there's a lot of things here um technically the corn makes them less gassy Ooh. technically you're changing my reality. Yeah. No, I so I think I read the numbers on this or there was like a couple studies done. But so I'm I'm pulling this from my head from just from my ass basically cuz I'm trying to remember it. I did a yeah. presentation, but um 
tech, but I think the environmental impact that growing all of the corn and spraying all the GMOs and how it destroys the soil, yeah, um, because the soil is a large carbon dump, um, so a lot of carbon and or CO two dump, uh, or CO two dumps basically they draw a lot of um carbon. You get a carbon dump basically where a lot of it is absorbed. So yeah. the ocean is one. Um, the 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 earth is one. Just uh like because material because all organic materials made out of carbon so you get large like forests are a huge carbon dump yeah now when you kill the soil and stuff like that i think it lessens the impact of that or it makes the impact of that worse more apparent Mm -hmm. where you don't have as much that can be stored there and the soil is not as healthy again i'm trying to remember this so this is this is difficult for me because i feel like i'm saying wrong things but anyway i'm just going to keep going and charging ahead and because you do that, and then I think there's other things that happen biologically when they digest it that make it overall, it makes it worse. And you also, you destroy, like, you have to grow all that food. So if you, so grass-fed cows, they're raised in, they're generally raised in pastures. They should be. Yeah. Um, where they then do feeding. And that creates more carbon because the life grows again. And so you're getting more of a carbon dump from there, I believe. I don't have a degree. <laughs> so again, I'm, again, I, I just keep putting disclaimers here because I'm worried about saying wrong things and it's a scientific thing. Yeah. But um, otherwise, you have to destroy all that land and grow all the corn and then feed it. And I think I think the way it works out network-wise, like net worth-wise, uh, it's worse to feed them like corn. And that's where you get the most of it. Ooh. Yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. No, and but- it, most of it comes from burps, actually. Burps? Yeah, not farts. Uh, you always hear it's from farts, but farts sound funnier, so you always go with farts, right? Mm-hmm. But um, they burp a lot of their food because of ruminants. So what they do is they uh they digest their food, and they have multiple stomachs, and then they sometimes they chew it again and they burp it up. But yeah, it takes like a long like their digestion cycles are really long and stuff like that. Yeah. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy way that they break all that down. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But basically, yeah, like you said. Food is a huge source of like pollution. Most people don't even think about it, mm-hmm. but it's like really complicated. It's like don't don't waste your food. Yep. Mm-hmm. And because uh, even like it's not just like the food being grown; it's also the packaging and delivery of the food that's huge too. Yeah, it's such a complicated issue. You it see is. what I'm saying? Like it's just there's so many different facets that you have to approach it from. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Where uh, like. It's almost unbelie- It's almost hard to think, like, how are we going to be able to transition all these things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, I have a question for you. So I took a AP environmental class in high school. Now, it's just it. an AP class, so yep. it's not, like, the most um, in-depth. in-depth. But I remember my teacher said one thing, that, like, due to how bad meat is on the air, on pollution and stuff like that, she suggested that uh, if everyone was to a thing like meatless monday where for monday they don't eat any meat that would be a huge decrease in like pollution what do you think about that um because this is this is always sorry the dogs are barking if you guys hear that yeah but um we're just gonna keep going and then i'll find a way usually my ophonic can edit it Uh but um so i'll just talk a little bit louder this is one of those things where you would that is such a complex problem yeah. There's so many facets again, like I I'm repeating myself. To make that work, it's crazy. You would have to then cut back all of the agricultural industry 
and the meat industry make sure that they don't they produce so much less and calculate that they produce so much less that nobody has it on Monday. And yeah, if nobody ate it on Monday, okay, yes, you, you're going to create less pollution. But the meat is still going to be there, which is going to create, in my mind, you're just wasting that. So it's the same thing like the other day um, we were talking where, yeah, you don't want to use plastic bags, right? Yeah. But the plastic bags that you're grabbing in the store are already there. Now, if you find a good way to dispose of that plastic bag, that's way better for the environment than not using that plastic bag and it going to waste. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's already, it's already there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's sort of like an economical thing where, like, for the first several – probably, like, I'm not sure how big of a scale is this, but like let's say for sh- the first several years, right? Yeah. We should transition. Yeah. Like, I'm saying we should transition to doing more economically viable things. Uh-huh. It's just going to take so long because you have all – think about how many – plastic bag example again yeah. think about how many plastic bags are in storage oh i know that we would then have to use properly like again we should transition but it's that's a really difficult problem and so many things would have to work in order for that to all come together yeah the process like i like the economy is complicated the, the scale it'll, the time it'll take for them to transition from like producing this much plastic bag to producing this much less plastic bag mm-hmm. that would like take a while to slowly transition from point A to point B mm-hmm. oh yeah for sure mm-hmm. so meatless Mondays do you think that's a good plan or do you think no I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that one for now <laughs> I think it's too complicated yeah I don't think people would give up their meat I don't know how that would work that's true yeah well I don't know is, is it, I know like for you the problem is that like you're you're a very calorie intensive guy because mm-hmm. you you like you work out a lot, you exercise a lot, you do a lot of um, activities, and you're just big. Mm-hmm. That like for you, meatless Monday, it'll mean that like Monday you're basically you're basically just starving yourself. Essentially, you're not getting those like. I mean, I could get by, but I like my meat. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be a lot more. Um, I think there's well, times where you shouldn't eat meat. Like you can take a break and give your digestion a break, but like mix it up. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on the meatless Mondays for now though. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's viable. Yeah, for me it's also like not. I just I just love meat. Like I said, I'm the, I'm the macro environmentalist guy. I'm not the micro environmentalist oh, yeah, guy. For Plas- sure. Plastic bottles and meat just give me all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just being aware of it and starting from there is a good place to start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Step uh, step one to anything is like pure. Like, step one is always awareness. Are you aware you have a problem? Good. That's the first step. Education could be the hardest step too. These dogs are still going. I know. It's my dogs are loud. Education's super hard and making sure that everybody's educated properly. Yeah. You know, that's just what it is. I mean, that's just making sure that everyone has the proper education. That's like um which is really weird to think then because that's a whole nother problem. Like do you privatize education and do that and which is or do you work on the public education system that's crazy like there that's just a really hard problem that i don't know the answer to you know what i mean yeah that's stepping out of my mind because i can see like there are benefits to both sides the one yeah. thing i've like okay so a lot of people i'm a lot of people could be like private education is bad because you know uh, because you know it's like all business owners care about money but the one thing I've learned from like evolution and biology is that competition can be one of the best ways to encourage mm-hmm. Um, innovation yeah. and development and improvement. Yeah. The question is that how can you ensure there is competition and they're not just all lazily agreeing to like a set maximum that they can all just easily work? Because, okay, so I think I might be stepping out of my lane here because I'm not a bio guy. Mm-hmm. But basically, 
It's like, in evolution, competition is good because it makes you better. But everyone wants to avoid competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you, if you can get by without having to compete with anyone else, you're going to do that. Yeah. Even though competition is going to help you in the long run. I feel yep. like that's, I feel like you have the same problem. We want businesses to compete with each other because it helps us. But yeah. businesses don't want to compete with each other because that's like extra work. That's yep. a risk. There's going to be a winner or loser. So someone's going to lose. So it's like, it's like, that's like it's why really complicated. But on the other hand, public education is also bad because the government, let's face it, our government is so damn inefficient. Governments in general, in my opinion, they can be really inefficient yeah, doing I mean, things. And you can't blame them because like, the problems of government is that since they're like the government, they have a lot more. They have a strict regulations obligation to like follow. Yeah, so certain rules. Th- like the, a good example of this, Mind Pump talks about this. I talked about Mind Pump on my podcast yeah. before. They do podcasts where you have all these government workers that they get funding, and basically their job is only based on their funding. So then, if they lose that funding, so if they do their job without the funding, uh-huh. like if they or less funding than they needed, yeah. They're going to then drag it out so they get the same amount of funding and they still have a job, basically. Yeah. If you solve a problem in the government, like if you solve a problem completely, those people are out of a job. You know what I mean? Most yeah. likely. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, there's a whole nother issue then to think about is that when you start automating jobs. Yeah. What are you going to teach? There's going to be jobs, right? Now, I don't know what those jobs are and how, what, how are you going to teach these people? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like truck driving? Like- there's going to be a whole thing where eventually we're going to get to the point, unless humans kill themselves first, we're going to get to the point where we're going to automate truck driving. Yeah. That's just, that's the easy example that everybody talks about. It's low hanging fruit in this case, mm-hmm. because it, it's a job that you can automate, that, that they would, machines would do more efficiently. They never have to sleep there. Once you get better, at, once they completely work out all the bugs and everything, they're not going to crash. Yeah. They're going to like, unless in super really rare cases, edge cases. Yeah. It's just going to, it's going to be crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. So what do you then teach all those people that are then all of a sudden out of a job? And does the government take care of that? Or do you some, and somehow privatize it and like requisition private companies to then teach those people? Or I don't know. You know what I mean? That's just like one example. And that's not even talking about how you teach your kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's kind of more what we were talking about a little bit a couple seconds ago. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't even know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I think like. Yeah, I really can't think of that too. Because once again, I'm not economist. You're, I'm not an economist. I'm not uh, an education guy. Like I don't like, know anything. Yeah. Even like I think the problem, the problem is that even if you were an economist, this is like projecting into the future. And like I said, the economy is like it's like the environment in which anything is so turbulent and chaotic. Mm-hmm. A slight change in one dial could just make the whole thing like completely change directions. So it'd be very hard to predict. I mean, the argument I usually hear is that like. The yeah, truck drivers they'll just find like a lower paying job. But since truck driver since truck driving is like so efficient now, goods will cost less that it'll even out in the end that mm-hmm. truck drivers will be fine. But the other people are like, Well, if you're a business, you will want to like keep all the profit. If you could keep the price if you could keep the goods at the same price, if people still buy it, why would you lower it? Mm-hmm. And then people will be like, Oh well, truck drivers they could they they'll just They'll like go switch from like truck driving to like they'll watch the trucks to make sure it's good. So they'll be sort of like an overseer or like they'll observe it and they'll keep their jobs. They'll just do slightly less. Mm-hmm. And it's just so complicated. You have all these um 
factors to think about. I really don't think I or anyone could predict it because it's really hard. Mm -hmm. You have people that are better at predicting it, but to get it down to a T every single time, that's... Yeah, I mean... And then it's a, there's also a huge culture thing, too, because I, I can imagine, like, some cultures, they treat workers like literally tools. Is yeah. like, we don't need truck drivers. We don't care anymore. We're yeah. not obligated to, like, <laughs> And imagine, like, there's some cultures where, like, they'll actually try to make sure, find the workers' jobs because it's, like... Well, that's unions. Like, unions actively protect jobs yeah. that you could automate. But I'm looking at this from, like, you know, some, like, not all businesses care for their workers to the same level of affection obviously yeah Yeah. so i'm thinking like some business cultures will try to like find alternate jobs for the workers others wouldn't even care they'll just throw the workers out yeah and Mm -hmm. that's like another that's like another layer of complexity and the problem with culture is that 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 thing could change over time it's not consistent Mm -hmm. so i really don't know how to predict it it's it's actually the one thing that makes me nervous because we're we're entering like a new economical phase yeah you have you heard about like the four the development economies and like society is like everyone starts off agricultural then you have a then you have a few smart people causes like some sort of revolution yeah improves manufacturing so the first you have like we can even just go through this for fun yeah first you have paleolithic people yeah they discover fire then you get uh they are able to hunt Uh uh-huh they're able to then cook their food. Then all of a sudden they learn how to grow their food. You have a couple smart people that figure that out. And yeah. then you have that for a really long time. Uh-huh. And then eventually you have some more smart people that figure out how to make that more efficient. Yeah. And then eventually you have people that they learn how to do industry. Uh-huh. You have the industrial revolution. Then you have what we have, which we're in now. It's like the is this consumer. technology revolution. Yeah. And the problem is that we're like. And it shows no signs of slowing down. Uh-huh. But what comes after that, though? Like people, people weren't expecting the industrial revolution. Yeah. It just took several. It took like years and several unrelated ideas: the steam engine, the yep. idea of a manufacturing process. It all had to come together in like this one huge coincidence to create it. And like people weren't predicting that. And now I just don't know how we're gonna predict the next thing. Cause yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Don't know. And that's what people are probably trying to figure out so they can get a jump start on it. You know, what's the next big thing? That's yeah. what the, the whole society is. But like, my favorite example of that is Elon Musk. He was so if I've read his his uh, biography. Yeah. And um, when he created Zip or Dot Zip or something, I forget what it's called. Um, but it was basically, it was a maps website and he started in San Francisco or something and, uh, basically just mapped out things and you could, it was like kind of not a navigation system, but it was just like a map basically. And it told yeah. you all the information he was going around trying to get investors, I think. And some guy was holding the yellow book screaming at him. How are you ever going to replace this? Now? No one uses the yellow book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no one could conceptualize that you would have all of earth on a map in Google Earth, that you could search pretty much any address. Just be like, oh, there it is on the planet. Mm-hmm. You don't need to look it up in the yellow pages, and it's way faster to look it up on Google. Yeah. What's the next thing? Mm-hmm. I think, like, a funny example is that um, it reminds me of, like, all those... Uh, it's hard to predict how new technology changes because you see like those old sci-fi shows, the, how they thought technology was going to change. That's really funny. But none of them predicted the smartphone. Yeah, or like they all like 
I'm trying to think. So those all those old sci-fi shows, all the machines were like so bulky, but just like more advanced bulkiness. Yeah. But the fact is that none of them could predict how we could get everything so slim and so small mm-hmm. and so like that. So you, it's hard to predict innovation. Even the people back then tried to predict it, got some stuff wrong. They did get everything yep. about mm-hmm. future technology right. And that's the thing right here. It's hard. It is hard to predict innovation. Yeah. I think like part of the definition of innovation is it has to be something new and unexpected. Yeah. Because if it was something everyone expected, then you could just it. It would just be like the next logical step. It yeah. wouldn't be innovation. You know. I kind of think in my mind, I feel like the way things are displayed is kind of the next step. Yeah. Like whether or not that is um like I'm talking about the way our information is consumed and displayed to us. Like right now we look at a smartphone, right? Like you look at the smartphone, you look it up and have to read it. Eventually it's possible that we get something like, do you, you watched Iron Man one. Yep. And Jarvis, how he's able to create a 3d holographic image. Yeah. That he can interact with. Like that's going to be game changer that when you can then look at things in a 3d manner and manipulate them, just using your hands on the air. If that ever happens, like if you what if you need a chip or whatever it is installing you, which is eventually like Rogan talks about this, like probably humans and computers are gonna merge somehow. And like we're gonna start biohacking our ways to we're gonna have chips in us that are maybe display us like things through our eyes. That would be crazy, you know? Like chips in our brain, but we'll see. Like I think that the way things are displayed and how we consume our information is gonna change a lot. I can see, yeah, I can see how that could work because currently the way information is displayed is so like a information is displayed in a very two D sense, you know, because it's like on screen. Like you said, it would make sense that for three D to be the next step, but Mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe the next big change in information. Yeah, I could be totally wrong. Yeah, maybe the next big change in technology isn't like information. uh, Isn't like display. Maybe it's more like it could just be like a general like. I actually don't even know. I can't even think of examples right now. My mind's yeah. just drawing a blank. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, it is impressive. That's why engineering is so cool. Yeah. You know, some of the people working on this new stuff. But it's also what makes the field so like why startups are scary. Because yeah. you're literally jumping into a vast ocean and you have no idea what's ahead. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll like dive down and you'll find a sunken treasure. Other times you'll dive down and find a, what's something that in the ocean that could kill you really quickly. Besides, like, everything else. Everything. <laughs> okay, then, then you jump into the ocean and find something that isn't a um, gold-buried treasure. Yeah. They probably will kill you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's all... that We were talking about the Fermi paradox, right? Yeah. Yeah, where every... It's either... Where are the alien societies? And it's possible that every society just hits a point where they just self-destruct themselves. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, like, going to the idea... Like, if we go our... Right, the competition... Is like a thriving source of innovation. Yep. But eventually you innovate so much that you create something that makes you compete by mm-hmm. killing everyone. Yeah. That's like that's like one that's like one theory I heard. Yeah. And another theory I heard is that um you heard the great filter theory, right? I think I've heard of it, but refresh. It's the idea that like um it's an answer to the Fermi's paradox that I was actually just talking about, I think. Is the idea that um every uh, yeah, society- I've heard I heard it on the video, I yeah. just Forget the like intricacies yeah. of it. It's like every society has to. There's a filter. It's not like an actual filter, but it's like a yeah. meta. It approaches a, a point, filter. right? Uh huh. Where species that can't get past a filter just dives out. Yeah. 
And then, uh, and that's basically the reason why there's so few aliens is because all society has to face this metaphorical filter, and most of them tend to fail it. Like, maybe yeah. because of like behavior, maybe because they weren't ready for it, mm-hmm. or stuff like that. And the question we have right here is that have we passed the filter yet? Or are we going to face the filter? Or are we facing the filter right now? Yeah. And we, the problem is that we don't know what the filter is. We're rapidly approaching it, right? The way, like, if, we ha- if we're not there yet, we're rapidly approaching that filter. But the, but the scary thing is, what is the filter? I highly doubt we've passed it already. Yeah, no, I don't think we've passed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people think the filter is that once you discover nuclear energy or nuclear weapons, mm-hmm. then that's the filter. Because, like I said, it's the idea where, like, species competing against each other they use those weapons in the competition, but it's so strong they kill themselves out. Yeah. Other people say is when you all is actually when um you were saying earlier you you computers become so much better than like everything, but the problem is that because of it, through like some faulty programming or through some logic, computers end up killing everyone else yeah. mm-hmm. and then self destructing itself. That's another filter. Other people say a filter is that like um basically you try to. And you need your energy consumption gets so high, yeah. In, like in order to like go to other planets or stuff, that you kill yourself basically yeah. trying mm-hmm. to get more sorts of energy. I don't, we don't know what the filter is. Yeah. I could see an argument for uh, this is something we've talked about in my classes is yeah. that the humans have already reached their carrying capacity for Earth. They've already reached K. Yeah, but um, we're way past it. So uh-huh. there there might be a big crash. Yeah, but I don't know if it's like society societal ending, but. If we can't find some way to like disperse or take care of all these people, like mm. because what happens is is there's you'll see things that go way over their carrying capacity and then they drastically <laughs> go below it. So uh, it's curious to see because there's a lot of I think one of the numbers was that like the carrying capacity for humans of the Earth is like two billion or something. Yeah, <laughs> we blew that out of the water. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the problems are like you can't put an explicit cap on carrying capacity because with technology is like yeah. changing, the carrying capacity is also changing. Yeah, but mm-hmm. so that's like one problem. But another problem is that let's say we are over the carrying capacity, right? Let's let's look at like steps in energy. The amount of energy you need to create like a small home. It's like it's a lot, right? Yeah. And then the amount of energy you need to like go from a small home to a city, you have a jump in like energy, right? Yeah. I'm using energy as an overall term for like resources. Yeah. The problem is that we're like the jump in energy to go from like everyone on the planet, a city on every surface of the planet, to traveling to the next planet. That's like a huge jump in yeah, in, like it's a crazy resources. amount of energy. The question is, can we even meet that resource to go to the next planet? Is it even possible? Yeah. That's that's the problem. Like. Mm-hmm. Or are we just going to kill ourselves trying to get to the resource to try to go to the yeah. next planet? Mm-hmm. That's like, mm-hmm. that's something I'm wondering. I I personally don't think we can ever go to another planet because it's such a huge jump in resources. Mm-hmm. Unless we find a way to like fully maximize the sun's insane. Mm-hmm. I think it's either we do that or we fail. Yeah. So <laughs> either or. Which is kind of sad, but yeah. All right. With that doomsday talk. We're at two hours, Andrew. We went for a long time. Yeah. Longer than you expected, right? Yeah, you think we should end it soon? We're going to close it out right here. All right, then. Because yeah, we we've we hit a lot of topics. We did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to close out with? Um, I think you're the host, so it would probably be better for you to use. All right. There's nothing you want to say? Uh, no. You want to play some Melee? Hmm. 
I have to check my skip. Why am I still using this microphone? Like, are we, are we still recording? We're now? still recording. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is so weird. We'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll figure something yeah. out. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It was Andrew. All right. Thanks for coming on, Andrew. All right. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. Kill it the rest of the week. Bye. Love you. Bye.